Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. today because my ring light died and I don't have a light for my studio and so I am doing it on my couch so this is my couch welcome to my couch it's actually better you know talk shows should be done on a couch right so think of it as a talk show this is my couch and you're my guest welcome 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 it's been pouring rain in Los Angeles all day and I don't mind it. You know, January is for rain in Los Angeles. When I was moving to LA, which was how many years ago now? It's 2023. Eight years ago. Eight years ago when I was moving to LA, everybody in New York kept saying to me, wait, you're moving to LA? You know there's a drought there, right? You know there's a drought? It was just so annoying. And now we have this downpour that has no end in sight and people are like oh my god this is like the worst storm of the century blah 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 and it's just like okay like but we're getting water are we not i mean la's green for once you know the mountains and the hills are alive with green grass everywhere it's a lovely sight yeah today i'm going to be talking about the show inspector Koo, which is a 2021 korean drama that aired on jtbc it was written by writer Sung Choi or Sung Choi and this is a a new show I, I think it's her first Korean drama I read an interview that she gave in the magazine Cine 21 and Sung claims that she wrote this script with a deliberateness to work out pent-up female rage and qualms that they live with in the Korean society and she wanted to express these female woes and traumas through a crime detective genre which is typically reserved for male protagonists. So she made a conscious feminist choice in writing Inspector Koo. Sung said that she did not want a show that focused on the serial deaths of so many female bodies like a lot of male narrative-driven crime detective shows tend to, and Sung's choice to have a middle-aged woman with many imperfections was also deliberate. She said that she's seen many detective shows with male characters who suffer from alcohol and drug addiction, and she was like, well, how can we be different with Inspector Koo? So she turned her into a hikikomori, and she turned her into a game addict, turned her into a junk food and snack addict and a bit of an alcoholic. So there you are. That is the character that we are looking to as our protagonist. And her name is Kugyung. Sung said that she wanted to write a female villain who has the appearance of somebody who is sweet and inviting with a very sunny, bright demeanor and laugh. But she said that 
this was also a deliberate choice in order to combat some of the stigma that a lot of female entertainers suffer from in Korean society. So she mentioned like female K-pop idols, for example, and how they get a lot of flack for expressing any opinion whatsoever. And Sung is attuned to the violence of this kind of social shaping in Korean society. This part of the interview hit home with me in a very strong way because I'm currently in a very interesting place with my mental and emotional recovery. And growing up in a Korean family and a Korean community, I've been told to shut up and be quiet or that I'm too loud or that my laugh is too noisy. Like these kinds of negative reinforcements were a constant throughout my childhood. And they really uh, cause self-esteem issues, you know, well into adulthood. So because of these reinforcements during my formative years, I have a lot of self-inflicted shame that I live with right after I express myself in any which way. So if I'm out with friends or people and I hang out and then I go home, like later that evening, I'll be haunted by my words and behavior, even though nobody's complained and there was no wrongdoing of any kind, like we were just having a nice time, like that regret and shame cycle is an inevitable part of my evening. I learned eventually that I get filled with this shame, regret and self-disgust because of my CPTSD. And when I was in high school and college, I had a really hard time speaking up and participating in class. But when I was in college, I made a concerted effort to speak up, even though my voice would be shaking and my heart would be racing. I just made this effort to speak up anyhow. And luckily, all of my college professors were always very inviting, very supportive, you know, just like, really really good people and it really helped with the healing process in order to reclaim my voice again so this particular part where sung is describing female self-expression and how repression of any free expression will lead to pathology was a very interesting part of the storytelling for me so you have the villain, her name is Song Yi-kyung, and she tries to be a theater actress, but it's very evident that everybody in her acting troupe, they just hate her. They're just like, she's the worst, a bad actress, blah, 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 you know, talking shit. She can't fully be herself all the time. Like for instance, in front of her aunt, she is very loving and proper and good. It's just that, when her aunt is not around, she allows this other rageful, pathological side of her to come out. And she ends up killing people, right? Of course, she has her own logic, similar to Dexter. She's like, I'm killing bad guys. But it's like, well, still, I mean, it doesn't give you the right to take out another person's life, right? It's the disconnection that this show is illustrating. Like if there is a disconnection, in a young woman, then it's going to lead to pathology. And in the case with Yi Kyung, she's a, you know, sociopath and a psychopath. 
While Lee Kyung is going around murdering, blackmailing, and tormenting people, I mean, of course, I am against violence of all kinds, but I do have to say that she's doing a proper job in tending to her anger in a productive way. Like, we all have to figure out a way to tend to our anger. Uh, anger is not a bad emotion, but it gets flack in our society. Anger is a part of our human wholeness and it's a very important emotion. And when we feel anger or rage, it needs space. I mean, that's something I learned. It needs space because if anger does not get the space that it needs, then it turns into either numbness, depression, or passive aggression. There are healthy ways of expressing or emitting anger without causing other people harm. Whatever choice that may be in your part, that's a subjective choice and a personal choice, but figure it out because anger deserves space. It deserves room. I was struck when Sung mentioned that she harbored anger all of her life growing up in Korean society, but that writing with anger does not lead to good writing. And I'm very much in agreement with this statement because good writing arrives when there is compassion. That means that good writing needs time for the author to come full circle in the cycle of their pain because underneath anger, there is always pain. Another thing I learned is that emotions are always changing. Emotions are always moving with a forward momentum and they do not stay in the same place always. There comes a time when rage turns into anger, then it turns to sorrow, then it turns to numbness, then sadness, then neutrality, eventually compassion and or forgiveness. But that is the cycle. It comes full circle like this. So it's just a matter of trusting in our own cycle. When we are in pain or feeling anger or rage or sorrow, let's not judge or force ourselves into doing anything. All right, just let the emotion be and then that emotion change and changes and evolves in time. So it's just a matter of trusting that and letting it be. I want to talk about actress Young It a little bit. Young It is a veteran K-drama actress and in 2003 she achieved Pan-Asian Hallyu status with the show Daejanggum, also known as Jewel in the Palace, which came out in 2003 and ran till 2004. It's this epic historical period piece, which is fictionalized, but it centers on a female physician, the first of her kind, who tended to the king's health. The show also highlights Korean cuisine at the cross-section of medicine, and this show was a major vehicle for exporting not just the show itself to a hundred different countries, but also for bringing greater awareness and attention to Korean cuisine. It's hard for me to believe this now that I see tteokbokki being sold at Trader Joe's and I see 50 billion TikTok videos about tteokbokki. Korean food wasn't always well known. It was simply not. And shows like Daejanggum and Korean TV in general were a tremendous vehicle for uh, educating the world about Korean food. Daejanggum was such an influential show that to this day, whenever a Korean person on a reality show, a variety show, if they're exhibiting like some cooking skills, like if they seem to be if they seem to have a good handle on cooking, then they always get nicknamed Changumi or Daejanggum. It's like a thing, it's a trope. And Daejanggum hasn't been on air in over 20 years, but that's how influential the show was. It's just 
a mainstream thing. The assumption is everybody's seen it, so you know the reference. If you're called Tejanggum or Changgumi, means it's a compliment. You're a good chef. You're a good cook. Tejanggum was such a massive success that Yoonghye pretty much retired from acting in 2006, but not before she starred in the Park Chan-wook film Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, where she plays a radically different character compared to her TV role in Daejanggum. Because in Daejanggum, she played this morally upright woman, you know, who is like always doing things by the rules or, you know, trying to change the rules a little bit, but she's still, you know, abiding by the code. She's still trying to be a good girl, right? But Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, she's playing this like, you know, vengeful woman, a vindictive woman who is out to murder, right? And it's a very, very different character. But in 2006, she did take a very long break, big absence from her TV and film career. In 2017, she returned to television playing Saimdang. Yeonghye was in the show's Saimdang Memoir of Colors, and she's reprising the morally upright female character or proper woman but the show did not do very well. It, it was a bit of a flop. But Saimdang is an interesting historical figure. Her name is Shin Saimdang, and she was a real person who lived in 16th century Joseon Dynasty Korea. And she was known for being a very good mother. She was also known for being a poet, a calligraphist, an artist, a writer. Uh, just an overall very talented, multi-talented, artistic woman. And she also was the mother to Korean Confucian scholar Yi Yi. The show's Hangdang, like I said, didn't perform very well. And Yoonghye took another break from TV for four more years. And then she came back playing a very, very different role. Playing Gu Gyeonghye in Inspector Gu. Playing this washed up lady you know, who doesn't have any, she has no desire really to be part of society. She wants to just drown herself in her vices and be left alone. But, you know, as sloppy and as imperfect as she is, she's also very talented, which is why the people keep saying they want to work with her, they need to work with her. What I appreciated about Gu Gyeong's character is that she has empathy for the villain. And even though this villain's a criminal that goes around blackmailing and killing people, Gu Gyeonghye has empathy for this young girl. And I feel like that's an excellent metaphor for how we face our inner challenges or our inner dialogue, right? Every individual has a shadow side to them. All of us live with some form of insecurity. There's something about ourselves that we have a hard time facing, but it's only when we can accept the shadow parts of ourselves that we can become a whole person again. So I really appreciated that aspect of the show. I also really love that neither the heroine nor the villain, even though they're women, like neither of them were per like pursuing or motivated by love. They, they were just focused on whatever they want and, or their task, and it had nothing to do with some romantic interest. And I was like, thank God, that is so refreshing. So yeah, I appreciated that part of the show. I would say that that is the biggest win for Inspector Koo.